It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm Tom Sumner. we got a, a really good one today. It's Friday, which, uh, of course, means uh, during the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to turn the spotlight on arts and entertainment. And we have, uh, joining me by phone today, a uh, what they call a quadruple threat. She's an actress, writer, director, and producer. Erica Nicole Malone will be... Uh, joining us in the second hour uh today of course is uh, is good friday which means uh, for christians here in the united states easter is coming up sunday and we're going to observe that with uh, a conversation with um dr jean-pierre isbouts he is the author of a new national geographic uh, book he's he's written several for national geographic uh, called In the Footsteps of Jesus, a Chronicle of His Life and the Origins of Christianity. And uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting conversation, and uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. But also want to acknowledge that April is Stress Awareness Month. So we start out this morning with uh, another uh, quadruple threat, if you will, an active uh, combat veteran, entrepreneur, uh, social activist and the author of a new book called Don't Shoot Your Future Self. 
I love that title, Don't Shoot Your Future Self, by Eric Power. And Eric joins me now by phone. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I mentioned April is Stress Awareness Month, and it seems like, you know, every month is the month for a whole bunch of different things. But <laughs> why, yeah. why is it important to have a, a Stress Awareness Month? Well, well, truthfully, every day should be stress awareness, stress awareness, because every day of our lives we go through some some sort of stress from the time we, you know, wake up. You know, the other day I was I was getting ready for work and I was telling telling my assistant uh, Jessica, and I was like, it was like a comedy show this morning. I was trying to get ready. My suit wasn't ready. I was like, I took three steps, stepped on like my kids' toys, and you know, I ended up being late. <laughs> Legos are the worst, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything causes stress. Um, why April is designated Stress Awareness Month, I don't know the answer to that one. Um, but it, it is it's very important to be aware of the stress and how to handle it. And but not only how not to, uh, how to handle it, how to overcome it, and actually wake up happy and you know laugh about you know the you know the three steps and acting like you know it was in a movie and being being frustrated you know five years ago i would have flipped out and started yelling and now i just you know laughed about it and kissed my wife goodbye and you know kissed my kids goodbye and you know laughed about it with my assistant and we both literally cracked up because it was funny how does stress compare i mean the stress that that you feel now talking about you know stepping on a kid's toy in the morning or you know stubbing your toe you know getting out of bed or something um how does that how does that even register eric for someone who has seen active combat right and so it wasn't always like this for me so when i first got out of the military in 2012 2013 right um the mind that you know a veteran who is is fresh out of the military is, is in an active mindset and they're going through a transition period and that transition period's not, you know, not quick. Just like, you know, when you started the military, you know, you start at the bottom, you go through a three month, four month boot camp, you go to your school and then you're at the bottom of your command, wherever you go and you have to learn. And what, what a lot of veterans from, from working with veterans over the last eight years, right? Seven, eight years, um, what a lot of veterans don't realize is that that transition process is long, and there's going to be stress, and um, they're not they're not uh, mentally. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, trained there you go. Mentally trained to deal with it, and so they don't know how to because their active mindset is is on the go, on the go, and that's one of the things that leads to the 22 a day. I would imagine that that for returning uh, soldiers that um, that there's a tremendous amount of frustration, uh, you know, especially if they don't, uh, you know, come home and take over the family business. You know, it's it's hard to find a job. It's it's oh, hard yeah, to 100%. fit hard to fit back in. But but what's the difference between frustration and stress? For- Frustration and stress, great question. What's the difference? Frustration, frustration. I would say, uh, when you're working through a problem, right, and, and you don't have a solution, um, 
right? And but you know there's a solution, and and it's just taking time. That's that's frustration. Frustration is you're working with somebody, and you you know uh, they they're being annoying for the day. That that's frustration. Stress, you know, stress that can that can be dealt with, and you know it's all how you handle it mentally. Um, stress would be, you know, an ongoing family, uh, like say someone, you know, my, one of my best friends, I consider family. I've known him for about 17, 18 years. He's in the hospital right now. Nothing I can do about that. That's stress. Right. But I know he's, you know, his family's with him. So something, you know, something like, like that, that's more personal. I would say that's, that's the difference between frustration and stress. Stress is, is something that's there that you can't work through that's out of your control. Frustration is a problem within your control that you just need to find a solution for whatever whatever it may be. And, and either either both situations, it's it's really how you handle it, how you react, right? And so one of the things I do every day is I meditate. You know, I, I lived in Japan for nine years. You know, I spent a lot of time at a lot of temples and and um, my wife's temple, you know, they have um, some monks there. And, and I remember one conversation with one monk, and I was telling him how how uh, I was meditating. And, you know, I was working on my affirmations. And it's kind of funny because me and my assistant had this same conversation a few weeks ago. And I was working on my affirmations, you know, working on my, my motivation and my positivity. And he says, he says, that's great. He says, but that's not, that's not uh, meditation. He's like, what meditation is, is when you sit, you let the thoughts come into, you know, uh, come into your head, your frustrations, your stress, whatever it may be. Let your natural emotions react to that in your brain, right? And then let, uh, understand how that makes you feel. And then when you know it didn't actually happen but the feelings and the thoughts will be as if you did and then that's when you can actually learn and that's what the benefit of actual meditation is because when you feel that you can actually say hey is this good you know does this make me feel like a piece of you know garbage or does this make me feel like a good person and how am I going to go about my day and do this you know we hear a lot and and read and see a lot about soldiers during and after service committing suicide how much did oh, that yeah. how much did that influence the the title of your book don't shoot your future yeah. self so so i've i've lost i've lost a few friends to suicide um there's a story in the book so the book is you know it's it's a bridge between fiction and non-fiction there's one true story in there um that's the suicide story right um thank god you know i woke up that day uh and, and every doctor i talked to i shouldn't have woke up um and I, I but i did wake up that day and i remember you know feeling thankful that someone cared when the cops knocked on the door pounding to do a health and welfare check you know feeling thankful um and my first business partner some i'm you know i own veterans disability help um and we're working on a few other startups and partners in the company and sit on a board for a charity and stuff like that right but my very first business partner, I remember one day he we were, he was supposed to terminate an employee. He was VP of our, VP of our company, and he was supposed to terminate a, a problem employee, right? And I was at the DMV with my wife. We had just got married, and this problem employee starts texting me, and I'm like, "Oh, he's just complaining." And then he's like, "Oh, Jason didn't come in." I'm like, "Um, what's going on?" And so I immediately had gut feeling we had just got back from a Houston airport. We negotiated, you know, um, 
a a contract um, for uh, whatever for it was like whatever amount of money over five years. So we were excited, and then that Sunday we were supposed to have a Skype interview. We didn't show up, and so that Monday I just had that gut feeling inside my stomach. Went running over to his house, pounded on, on the door, and ended up taking him in and finding him dead on the ground. And so one of the reasons going through what I went through, go and and where I'm at now in in you know the last five years, you know, because that that suicide story that was in 2014, so what five six years. And Jason, he was in 2016, and, you know, and uh, I had a client kill himself last week. So, you know, um, veteran suicide is very near and dear to my heart, and that's that's why I chose the title, you know, um, and that's why I chose the, the picture for the book to make it more impactful because if veterans realize, you know, if anybody, not just veterans, if anybody realizes that, you know, if you plan your future out, you can control it. Um, as long as you have a plan, you know you you'll be winning. If you don't, if you know, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. Does does the military? You know, we we think of the military and and soldiers as as being taught discipline. Um, Absolutely, yes. How is that not? How does that not so it, create the ability to overcome? Sure. Stress? So it's lost. I, I think I know where you're going. So when you get out, um, and one of the things that happened with me is is in in the military, there's so much discipline, right? Every day, every every second's accounted for. You know, even if you if you leave, you have to account for it. You go on leave, you know, and then you have to check in with your command. Um, there's rank structure. You call people sir, no, you know, yes or no, sir. You call them by their titles. You know, sergeant. Uh, in the Navy, we call each other petty officer, first class, second class, stuff like that. When you get out of the military, that structure, that discipline is lost. And in the civilian world, it is very, very, very difficult to find. In any business, in any corporation, I've gone to corporate corporations to do training, and there's been no structure. And me and my old partner would go in, um, and we would provide the structure and make them efficient, you know, and increase their sales 20 30% within like three, four months just because they don't have that structure or discipline. What veterans are lacking is a coach to teach them or, or the ability to create a plan to, to create that structure for themselves. So one of the things that helped me is I had an aha moment about seven, eight years ago and say, hey, if I treat my life like my own command, then things will start getting better. I did. And one of the things, you know, I'm also a mentor to veterans as well, and I've been working with veterans, and when, when we break down everything about their life, and we create a plan in the first year, two years, things start getting better, whatever problems they may have, we work through solutions. You know, I'm there for support. You know, Eric, I, I hate to I, I hate to interrupt, but I have to put a comma there because I have to go to break. Can you stick around no, for a fine. few minutes so we can uh, dig in some more? Course. Great. Yeah, my, yeah, you have all my time. My guest is uh, Eric Power. He's the author of a uh, new book called um, Don't Shoot Your Future self and our future selves will be back after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming the show we have some messages as well so 
We'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, I'm talking with my uh, guest. We're going we're to be getting into um, the fact that, that this is uh, Stress Awareness Month, April, and uh, we're going to talk about coping with uh, COVID, mental health, and, and more with um, active combat veteran, entrepreneur, sh- social activist, and author of the new book, Don't Shoot Your Future Self, and uh, his name is Eric Power. He joins me by phone. Eric, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. You're fine. It's my pleasure. I enjoyed it. Um, just before the break, we were talking uh, a little bit about uh, the organization. I, I didn't mention in your introduction the uh, the fact that you're founder and CEO of Veterans Disability Help, um, yes, sir. and and you do uh, mentoring and um, I, I imagine counseling and and help provide other resources for veterans that are uh, feeling a little stressed out when they when they come back and things are things are very different. How much of the new book, uh, Don't Shoot Your Future Self? is uh, based on on the work that you're doing with that organization and the experiences that you've had with people uh, through that work i took i took so so with with my company right um we focus on one thing and that's helping uh veterans navigate the va disability system right um the counseling and everything i'm not licensed or anything like that but veterans call all the time and you know i jump on the phone with them and and i just and and i listen to them and i just offer advice you know not advice i offer counsel um, and i kind of give them i kind of outline their problems and like tell me what's going on and say hey this is what you need to do i don't know you from adam but if you want to make your life better this is this is what you do a lot of the stories i've heard without getting into specifics i've took some some of those, some of the mentality, um, some that were worse than uh, mine at the time, some who've had multiple suicide attempts, and I kind of encompassed all of them because I, you know, I think, yeah, I was trying to get a, a, a complete client count over the last, you know, seven years, and I think we're at like eight or 9,000 total, you know, we get about 20 a day. And so, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm physically not able to touch base with every client we have, you know, an executive staff of four. And so between our meetings and, and whatnot, I hear that. And when we get really bad clients and, you know, we've had to, you know, I've had to stay on the phones with, um, with veterans and have my team reach out to local authorities to go over immediately um, to do that. And so those stories, that pain, and that's, that's, that's my goal over the next, you know, my lifetime is to, to continuously help uh, help that and fight that and be there. And that's one of the things this, this book is for. And so when you ask the question, um, the stories, yes, I, you know, I took uh, things from, from those experiences, not only for the book, but to help veterans that are going with that, not only their veterans uh, themselves, but their families to actually give an insight of what goes on inside a veteran's brain when they separate. But, you know, with time, it does get better. 
Eric, what was it like for you transitioning back to being a civilian? How long were you in the military? Where did you serve? What kind of action did you see? And then what was it like to all of a sudden not be part of that? Yeah, <laughs> great question. So, uh, you know, um, after high school, I, you know, I did two years working construction, didn't like that, didn't want to go to college, didn't want to live with my parents, at $20 to my name, so I joined the, was going to join the Marines at first, um, you know, I was super excited, and then the Navy offered me $9,000 signing bonus, I was a uh, PR, I said, I don't care what I am, they put me in as a PR, it's a parachute rigger, and so I went, uh, my first tour after boot camp in A school, I went to Japan, I ended up spending about eight years in Japan, I was four deployed with a a unit called HS-14, um, and we did, with all my deployments and ships, we did seven deployments between Operation Enduring Freedom, Iraqi Freedom, Northern Dawn, um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, after getting out um, was, was tough, you know, after 10 years of service, you know, eight years over in Japan, two years stateside with a, like, an eight-month, eight-month tour, uh, getting out, I, I honestly, when I was 30, I felt like I was 19 again because I knew nothing. Um, I had no education. Uh, I, had a, well, I had a little bit of education. I was, you know, fortunate enough to get a corporate job as a, a contractor, um, which is what most veterans do, and I was working for the military. So I was doing the same exact job but making three times as uh, more when I got out. And so it really didn't make sense to me. That's when I, I started going to to school, uh, got my bachelor's degree, and then uh, ended up, you know, starting the business and, and going from there. But not but not everybody lands as, as solidly on their feet as, as you did. No. And I wonder if no, that had don't. something to do with working with parachutes. So, <laughs> well, I worked, you know, it's very detail or, or, uh, organized. We worked with special forces and, and stuff like that. And it was one of the most high stressful, that's stress, it's high stressful jobs. You know, you make one mistake in life that hand. And um, when I got out, I remember the panic I had, and I was just applying to jobs, and you know, and I always had, I always had a backup plan. If this didn't work, then B, and then if B didn't work, then I would do C. Then if C didn't work, I would do D. You know, and and right when I was getting ready to activate B, which was go back to home, back to Pennsylvania, and just start school and 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 use the VA money, the the VA, uh, the GI Bill. Um, which they pay you to go to school, and they, you know, and they pay they pay for your school, and they pay you to go to school when you get out, as long as you get out with an honorable discharge, right? Um, I was, I got the the job offer two days, and so I just changed plans, took the job. I'm like, I don't want to go home. I'm, let's let's go this path instead. But you know, if if you're not fortunate, it's really about planning. You know, if people don't land on their feet, you know, it's it's something you know, an action they caused. It's from a consequences. Everything you do has you know, actions on uh, consequences and actions. And a lot of veterans I talk to, they don't, they don't realize that, you know, even in the military, you know, the aim in civilian life, they don't, they don't realize that or understand that they're not aware of, of who they are, where they are sometimes. And, um, it's, it's, it's tough because they've never been in time military. It's planned out for you in civilian life. It's not planned out for you. You have to do the planning and, Fortunately, or unfortunately, some, some, you know, most vets, when they get out, they don't know how to do the planning because 
there's such a massive mental shift, it's very overwhelming and, and very uh, stressful. That's, that's stressful, you know, that's not, and, and it can cause frustration. Like when you're trying to get a job and you can't because you don't have the qualifications and all these amazing qualifications you have in the military don't amount for shit in, in the civilian world, right? It, and that's frustration, going back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, Eric, uh, I've, I've, there's, there's, there's a disconnect. When I talk to... Um, various business owners and corporate executives a lot of them express a real desire to hire people with former military background to hire veterans because they have skills they have discipline and then there are these these veterans that come home and they want to work and they apply for jobs they don't get the jobs and so many of them end up homeless men and women Yeah, what they is stop looking. what is the bridge that's missing from you know stepping off the plane when you return home and and sitting down in the right office to you know be employed to have someone who says okay it's going to take some training but we'll we'll get you on board because we know you've got right. what it takes to do this. Right. So the so the jobs are there. And it's and it goes down to the goes back to the individual veteran. You know, are, what are they willing to do? Like, yeah, what's the missing town is in, If their hometown is in, in you know in Pennsylvania in twelve thousand people, and they need a job to survive, that job might not be there. You know, but are they willing to move? Like for me, I didn't care where the job was. I'm like I I was I moved to the middle of Death Valley. It sucked. It's the ass crack of hell. It's hot as hell. In the summers, it's like 130 degrees, but I was able to ma- maintain and have, you know, a cash flow to create a plan and move further. A lot of people from what I've talked to, they're not willing to move. They're not willing to go anywhere. And then I ask them the question, how are you, you know, how do you expect to make your life better if you don't create more opportunities if you stay in one place and you shelter yourself and you stay in your room you don't get out of your house you stay in your same circle how are you going to create more opportunities for your life and i touch on this in my book as as well about you know with david meeting ralph power he loses his job he has nowhere to go he's at the end he you know he you know kind of you know it's very similar to my story you know he attempts suicide he makes it through and then he you know he applies to the ad he meets this this guy is like, I have nothing left to lose. And it's really, you know, having a plan and, and, and not giving up. Like if something doesn't work, you know, having the ability to adapt if you're in your hometown or if that dream job or something that can keep you alive doesn't even have to be a dream job, something that can maintain, you know, your, your life after the military, um, whether it's the GI Bill for school and work, uh, something, but you have to be, have a plan and be willing to adapt and move. And, you know, uh, a lot of the veterans I, I, I speak to aren't willing to do that. And then, and, and they don't plan. Eric, I haven't had a chance to, uh, to read your book yet. Um, is it, is it out, or when does it come out? Oh, it's, yeah, no, it's out. It was released in January. We already hit national bestseller. Oh, good for you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. We actually have. I actually have my second book. Um, we're finishing up this month, and it should be out in in June. It's called "Be Kind to Your Future Self," and it's kind of the same principles. Um, and I read it. I, I co-wrote it with. Uh, um, 
my mentor, his name's Greg Reed, and he's, he's a big-time author. Uh, he's a modern-day Napoleon Hill in personal development. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was actually fortunate, if anybody, uh, if you know anything about Napoleon Hill, um, and he's like the, the, I would say, the it's the Bible of personal development and business world. He went and, you know, 100 years ago and went and interviewed all the, uh, you know, billionaires like that. He went to Henry Ford and, you know, factories and are like what are the secrets of your success over 20 years and then he wrote um uh <laughs> gotcha uh, yeah i forgot the name of the book that's embarrassing no 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 let's let's <laughs> let's move past that eric your book don't shoot your future self sure. is it how would you describe it is is it a novel so it's 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 uh it's a story it's a novel but it's also in the personal development world um it gives it uh holds the 17 foundation principles of success um from Napoleon Napoleon Hill goes over those um and it's basically it's it's a novel and a personal development book mixed um it's a, it's a great story it it's, uh mimics mimics my story I would say about you know forty percent of it comes from personal experiences. Um, I actually did change my name to Power, and uh, Ralph Power was actually when I was ready to give up and when I was ready to to quit and go back to the corporate world. I had one last cause, and 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 I felt bad, and um, because I didn't, this guy was expecting an appointment, and I didn't want to call. But something inside me told me to call him. Um, and just to keep your word, you know, I'm out of my word. If I say something, I'm going to do it. You know, I 100% always have been like that. And so I called this guy, and we go over the interview. And, you know, I give him the standard pitch that, you know, 100 people have just denied in the last three weeks, right, or four weeks. And then he said yes. And he was my very first client. And after Jason, right, um, I actually went out to his his ranch in Florida and spent about two months with him and just built this amazing relationship. He was an entrepreneur in Florida, ran a big chain of uh, big chain of breakfast restaurants up there. And uh, so the book the book is very much based on a uh, personal personal life and personal relationship and how. Finding a mentor, finding a coach, finding someone to believe in you, and setting goals can actually help and change your path. What? Um, who do you? Who is the book written to? Is it is it primarily um, geared toward toward veterans, or can yes. everyday Joe yeah, like it, me get something out of it? You everyday Joe's like. Like anybody can, uh, uh, I don't think you're an everyday Joe, but <laughs> everyday Joes can can get absolutely something out of it. It's primarily written for veterans um, because it connects with veteran. Every every veteran I've spoke to that that's read this has said it's brought them to tears. They thought they were the only one that thought like this, right? So that's the impact. My 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 primary my primary number one goal is number two goal is uh, um, impact for family members and civilian uh, civilians that that don't know what a veteran thinks like that don't doesn't know what goes actually goes on in the brain of a veteran and, and this book is very detailed in that because i took not only my what goes on in my brain put it in here but but from the hundreds and thousands of veterans that i spoke to as clients i took that that what goes on in their brains um 
and and put it in here as as well. So if you have a veteran in your family, like if you're a mom or if you're a wife or your husband, and and you know that that veteran just got out and there's something off, right? Get this book; it might help. You know, it should help. You know, it might it might make you see things from a different angle and say, oh, that's why. Let me do this one instead of doing this. Let me do this. Does military training give people um, any any kind of um, ability to cope with everyday stresses and frustration, or is that just not part of the curriculum? They try. They do their best. Like I remember, um, they do they they do their best, but it's a piss poor job because in the military you're you're taught to push through the pain. You're taught to push through and get and you know missions first, which it is. And they say, yeah, you cope. And, you know, here are coping methods, and you, you sit in maybe a three or four hour class, right? So they they do the, their best, but it's a piss poor method. And but but they do their best because they have to, right? Um, coping Eric, methods. What are some of the things that that you've learned and that you share in the book that might be um, universal for people coping with whether it's COVID or mental health or sure. loss or whatever? Sure. Right. Change your circle. <laughs> so I was on a handful of medications, right? Um I think the total amount by the VA at one point was like 15 between physical and mental health medications, right? Um, one of the things that you do, change your circle. Because if you're around, we're social beings. If you're around people, if you're around veterans that have the same issues as you do, the same, you know, the same mindset as you do, went through the same things as you do, yes, you're going to have that bond. You're going to have family. They're going to be your friends for life. If you want to get better, just like you adapted in the military, you want to change your mindset, you want to get, you know, get around more positive people, look into personal development, start going to motivational uh, uh, events, you know, start setting goals, what excites you? Like there's something, even if someone's depressed, there's something still that excites them. Doing something, follow that passion. If it excites you and makes you feel like a, a kid in junior high school, like doing something, that's that's the universe, that's your intuition telling you, hey, start doing that, start working towards that, right? You know, but it, it's, it's up to each an individual uh, person if they want to go towards the, you know, the traditional uh, medicinal side or they want to work on work on the mental strength because every veteran has the mental strength that changed their mindset back and adapt, right? They did it in the military, you changed your mindset for the military, now it's just it's just a different mission. Now it's your, your mission, yourself, your family, your friends, Right. If your circle, your social group, your your work is made up of veterans, your friends are made up of veterans, but you, you know, you're dying inside, you're staying inside, you have those problems. Try to get around other people, try to go out. You know, my wife for the first year, two years, my wife came out with me to, to personal development events, was holding my hand was holding towels when I would start sweating. Um, when I had, when I needed my anxiety meds, she was right there to give me my anxiety meds. Um, and if you need that to go out, do whatever you have to do, but push through that fear, whatever's holding you back, push, push through, you know, medication. It's not always, not always the, uh, the correct way to go. 
You know, I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, and you've talked about it some, that you're the founder and CEO of Veterans Disability Help. Um, Eric, is that a national organization or regional? So it's national. We have we have our headquarters um, in in California. We we have we can serve any veteran anywhere in the world. We have clients all over the nation. We have clients in Japan, Australia, Germany, uh, Philippines. Right. We're opening a branch office in Florida, somewhere in Florida. We're thinking the Pensacola area uh, or Tallahassee, somewhere up there in the Panhandle. Um, that's going to be another twenty to thirty person uh, shop, and I think between the two, the two of two, the two of those offices will be able to handle a more influx of clients. Um, for for the short answer, yes, it's national. Well, no, no, no. That that's uh, that's informative and encouraging to people around the country who might be. Uh, interested in especially uh, the work you do with uh, navigating the VA which has been more and more uh, a focus of attention nationally uh, in recent years about its abilities and sometimes its inabilities to provide the help that veterans need. Oh. 100% and just just so we're clear the only thing we the only thing we do because it's it's the, the biggest problem I think that's that has the least focus on is the VA disability program and that's where you know veterans get compensated um, monetarily on a you know scale of 0% to 100% and 10% increments and so we we work with them and, and it's not an overnight process it's a minimum you know minimum 9 month process to sometimes up to 3 years and and we have a team of you know know 40 that that work with them and 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 on a daily basis and, and plan everything out and touch base and you know we process all the paperwork we fill out all the paperwork the only thing we don't do is schedule medical appointments uh or ha go to medical for them but everything else we're we're uh, uh walking them through that and that's one of the reasons why we're successful and when veterans go to like the va or uh or somewhere like that for help Right, they're going to the people who want to pay you. When it comes to the VA disability program, they're going to fill out the application, and then that is it. They're going to do nothing else because it's their job to pay you. Our job, it's not our job to pay you. It's our job to make sure you get the best help um, and get increased on your VA. And we just had a client yesterday been fighting the VA for 18 years to get past 10%, which is about $150. I think we got him to 90%, which is about $2,100. Well, congratulations, Eric. Um, we're we're just about out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, about sure. the book, and the work you do, past, present, and future. Um, do you have a website? Yes, absolutely. So the company website um, is veterandisabilityhelp.com. And uh, you can go ahead and click there. There will be a pop-up, uh, which is a COVID notice. We had to go to our contingency, but we're all, we literally, yesterday, we all went back in-house for the first time in like a year. And so, you know, it was exciting to have everybody back in-house. Um, that's the website, or I'm sorry, that's the website to the company. The office number also, if you guys, if anybody out there is a veteran and needs help, my office number, um, you'll reach Alexis. Your Alexis or Jason. Jason's our scheduling director. Uh, the number is 760-463-1138. Again, that number is 760-463-1138. And then for the book, it's on Amazon, it's on Apple, it's on Audible, anywhere you can get a book, you can find this. 
it's don't shoot your future self. If, uh, uh, if you go want to go to the website, don't shoot your future self dot com. If you go into Amazon and uh, put in my name, Eric Power, or don't shoot your future self, it should come up as well. Well, Eric, keep up the good work, and thanks so much for spending you, this sir. time with me this morning. My pleasure. Take care. My pleasure. You have a wonderful day. And with that, we're going to take a uh, short break, but there's lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. 
The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I have only comparatively recently emerged from the United States Army, so that I am now, of course, in the radioactive reserve. And the usual jokes about the Army aside, one of the many fine things one has to admit is the way that the Army has carried the American democratic ideal to its logical conclusion in the sense that not only do they prohibit discrimination on the grounds of race, creed, and color, but also on the grounds of ability. (laughs) Be that as it may, some of you may recall the publicity a few years ago attendant upon the Army's search for an official Army song to be the counterpart of the Navy's Anchors Away and the Air Force's up in the air, Junior Birdman, and so on. (laughs) I I was in basic training at the time, and I recall our platoon sergeant, who was an unfrocked Marine. (laughs) Actually, the change of service had come as quite a blow to him because it meant that he had to memorize a new serial number, which took up most of his time. At any rate, I recall this sergeant's informing me and my roommates of of this rather deplorable fact that the Army didn't have any official, excuse me, didn't have no official song. And uh, suggested suggested that we work on this in our copious free time. Well, I submitted the following song, which is called It Makes a Fellow Proud to Be a Soldier, which I think demonstrates the proper spirit, you'll agree. However, the fact that it did not win the contest, I can ascribe only to blatant favoritism on the part of the judges. The heart of every man in our platoon must swell with pride For the nation's youth, the cream of which is marching at his side For the fascinating rules and regulations that we share And the quaint and curious costumes that we're called upon to wear joined up to do his part defending you and me. He wants to fight and bleed and kill and die for liberty. With the hell of war he's come to grips, policing up the filter tips. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. When Pete was only in the seventh grade, he stabbed a cop. He's real RA material and he was glad to swap his switchblade and his old zip gun for a bayonet and a new M1. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. After Johnny got through basic training, he was a soldier through and through when he was done. Its effects were so well rooted that the next day he saluted a good humor man, an usher, and a nun. (laughs) 
intellectual brings a book to every meal. He likes the deep philosophers, like Norman Vincent Peale. <laughs> he thinks the army's just the thing because he finds it broadening. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. Now Ed flunked out of second grade and never finished school. He doesn't know a shelter half from an entrenching tool, but he's going to be a big success. He heads his class at OCS. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. Our old mess sergeant's taste buds have been shot off in the war, but his savory collations add to our esprit de corps. To think of all the marvelous ways they're using plastics nowadays, it makes a fella proud to be a soldier. Our lieutenant is the up-and-coming type. Played with soldiers as a boy, you just can't bet. It is written in the stars. He will get his captain's bars, but he hasn't got enough box tops yet. <laughs> Our captain has a handicap to cope with, sad to tell. He's from Georgia, and he doesn't speak the language very well. He used to be, so rumor has, the dean of men at Alcatraz. It makes a fella proud to be what as a kid I vowed to be. What luck to be allowed to be a soldier. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Just remember when the day is done and your tired mind says that the race is run. Your people tell you something that you know deep down is true. Oh yeah, when you put on that old record, blues will take good care of you. Program, don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here. <laughs> 